from the Chef's Table podcast. This week we're going to focus in on one of the basic fundamentals, one of the most important skills that any cook or chef can have, and that is going to be knife cuts. We talk a little bit about the different types of knife cuts, why they're important. But before we get to that, let's take a listen in from our sponsor, Anchor. So knife cuts, they're definitely very, very important. Every good cook or chef needs to have a good repertoire of knife cuts. Knife cuts are actually one of the first skills that I learned in culinary school, and for good reason. Um, They uh, need repeated practice in order for you to become proficient at them. Um, And every good cook or chef uh, is proficient at basically all of the knife cuts uh, and basically they're f- the foundation of uh, most successful cooks and chefs. Um, when I explain knife cuts uh, in the classroom, I kind of compare them to a carpenter uh, who needs to know all the different types of joint cuts that are out there uh, to do finished carpentry, to build you know, furniture, uh, to finish you know, molding, things like that. You know, example I might use is a miter joint. You know, you need to know the correct angle to cut the miter joint in order for the the two uh, ends to meet and look flush and correct. Um, And the same thing ties into knife cuts. You need to know what the certain sizes are in order for the knife cuts to come out so they look nice, they look precise, and they can really add uh, value uh, to most things you do in the kitchen, especially your finished plates. So why is it important that we know knife cuts? Um, There's some basic knife cuts, a little bit more advanced knife cuts, um, but cooks and chefs need to know these knife cuts in order to complete sometimes basic tasks in the kitchen, uh, sometimes a little bit more advanced tasks. Um, But there's a lot of different reasons, uh, but one of the first reasons um, that cooks and chefs need to be proficient at knife cuts is that when you do your knife cuts correctly, you have very uniform cuts. And what's important about having uniform cuts is that they cook evenly when they are cut the same size. Um, If you have various sizes of vegetables in your final dish, the larger ones are gonna take a little bit longer to cook versus the smaller ones that will cook a little faster The larger ones might not be fully cooked all the way and the smaller ones will become overcooked and mushy. So, you know, one of the first reasons that we do knife cuts in the kitchen is for uniformity of cooking. Secondly, um, obviously you go out to eat, you're going to spend money on a plate, you want it to look attractive. So plates look more attractive, you might be able to get a little bit higher price for your plates when you have nice looking uniform cuts on the plate. This also shows off your professionalism and the skills that you have learned over the years um, practicing your knife cuts. Thirdly, knife cuts are actually part of the basic lingo verbiage uh, in any kitchen. You know, you need to be able to understand that if a chef asks you to cut a brunoise of peppers, you need to know what that means in order for you to be uh, proficient and do your job correctly. Um, so 
you know, those are just three examples of why knife cuts are important. I'm sure there's many others out there, uh, but those are the three that, um, you know, I mention when I talk about knife cuts. So when it comes to knife cuts, uh, you can kind of break them down into three main categories. Um, the first one is uh, what we call stick cuts. They look like matchsticks when they're done. Uh, the second one will be your dice cuts. They're going to look like cubes when they're done. And then the third one are some of the various other uh, types of knife cuts. So I'll get to those in uh, just a little bit. Um, but generally when I teach knife cuts, um, I almost always start with the stick cut the matchstick cut first. The reason being is um, the dice cuts are actually going to be generated from doing the stick cuts. So you almost always want to start with the stick cuts first. Um, most vegetables um, can be cut into stick cuts and some fruits. Um, but generally when you do your knife cuts, more often than not, they're going to be uh, for vegetables. Um, and when it comes to doing your knife cuts, you know, obviously you always want to start with your proper mise en place, uh, which, you know, literally translates to everything in its place. Uh, but when we talk about proper mise en place, it's getting your vegetables, getting your board all set up, getting your knives out, making sure they're sharp, make, make sure you have a sanitizer bucket, uh, make sure you have a vessel to put in the scraps, make sure you have another vessel in to put the final uh, product. So always gather up your mise en place. And part of mise en place, of course, is going to be washing your vegetables and then peeling them. So what I teach is um, when students are doing the knife cuts, uh, after they have their mise en place set up, what I have them do is actually take a piece of uh, saran wrap or plastic wrap, and I have them put that over their cutting board. And what I have them do is generally try to peel um, as much of their product as possible over that plastic wrap. So your carrots and your potatoes and whatever else is you're peeling, peel everything on there. And then basically what you can do is you can fold that plastic wrap up into a nice little bundle and put that into your uh, trash receptacle or your non-usable bucket. And it's just a, a very much more organized, uh, much more cleaner way of um, getting all of your uh, scraps together in one container. Now, if you're doing large amounts of peeling. Um, you can still use the concept, but um, what you might want to do is just put a larger piece of saran wrap over a table versus just putting a smaller piece on your cutting board. Okay, um, and then uh, once you got your vegetables all peeled up and ready to go, um, what you're going to do is uh, then you're going to basically do one of two things. Um, for longer vegetables like carrots, what you would do is trim up the ends. And then when we're doing the knife cuts, um, most of these knife cuts has certain dimensions that you need to follow. And when it comes to stick cuts, most of them are generally in the range of two to two and a half inches. So what you would do is you would start on the fatter end of the carrot. You would cut it lengthwise to about a two inch piece. And then what I teach is, is to use that piece as your guide the rest of the way down the carrot. So that way you ensure that all of your cuts are the exact same length versus, you know, some people, if they get really specific into it, they'll take the ruler out, they measure out two inches, they'll cut, then they put the ruler down and measure another two inches. It's a lot of drama. And obviously in a restaurant, you would never have time to do something like that. So that's why I usually teach to use the first two inch cut as your guide the rest of the way down the carrot. Uh, for things like potatoes where you would not ne necessarily cut them um, into two inches, um, 
you know, basically what you would do is just go ahead and you would cut off the ends and then you would start with squaring up uh, the potato. Same thing goes for the carrot. After you make that first two inch cut and you get all of the other two inch cuts, then you'll go back and you'll square them up. This is going to be one of the most important parts of your knife cuts is you need to make sure that your vegetable or your fruit is squared up so that you can get nice precise cuts uh, from there. Okay, now after you square up um, the item, then what you're going to do is you're going to slice the now squared vegetable into lengthwise parallel cuts. And when you cut them, you need to have the dimensions in the back of your mind so that when you make that cut, you are following the correct dimensions. All right, so I'll give you an example of a cut which I'm going to talk about in a minute called batonet. So a batonet is a matchstick. It looks a little bit kind of like a french fry cut. And the dimensions in that is one quarter by one quarter by two inches. So after you make the two inch cut and you square up the carrot, then you would cut lengthwise parallel cuts and they need to be a quarter inch apart because that is part of the dimension of the final product. And once you start to cut those lengthwise, you're going to end up with these long rectangle, what I call planks. And those are the beginning of what your final cut will be. So after you square, cut them into two inch lengths, then you cut your planks. Now, after you have your planks cut, what you're going to do is you're going to take your planks and you can stack them together. And then you're going to cut lengthwise parallel again. Also, moving the knife over only one quarter of an inch. Once you make that cut, then you will have your final product for the stick cut, which is, in this case, the batonet. All right, now, there are three main stick cuts to be familiar with. A batonet, a julienne, and a fine julienne. So the batonet I explained already, and that's one quarter by one quarter by two to two and a half inches long. Um, there could be used for many different applications. Um, an example uh, that I give that I teach students sometimes is the batonet of carrot. Um, like I said, it looks like a smaller french fry. It's only about two inches long. They make excellent garnishes. Um, you can use them for many applications. Um, sometimes I may saute up some green beans and to add a little color into the green bean, I'll add some blanched um, you know, batonet of carrot just to help offset the color a little bit, um, you know, obviously to give another flavor profile and to give a little bit more of a different uh, shape to go along with the green beans. So that's batonet, one quarter by one quarter by two to two and a half inches long. Uh, the next cut is called the julienne cut, um, and this is going to be half the size of a batonet, and that is one eighth by one eighth by two inches. Once again, used for many different applications. Uh, you know, you may use them in a salad. Uh, you may julienne onions for stir fry. You may julienne peppers for stir fry. Uh, so there's a lot of different applications that you can use. Now there's a term uh, out there um, also called allumette, which is also a knife cut. And allumette is also one eighth by one eighth by two inches. The difference is, though, from a julienne is that allumettes are generally associated only with potatoes. So if you hear the term allumette, you'll know that it's a julienne cut and it's basically just for a potato. And then our last stick cut is called the fine julienne. 
This is a very uh, thin cut. It's only 1 16th of an inch by 1 16th by 2 inches. Very fine, very delicate, and generally it's going to be used only for garnish applications. Um, think of a fine julienne of carrot. You may use that in a salad or you may use that as a, a garnish uh, on top of um, a final product or something along those lines. All right, so those are the three stick cuts. Um, now, before we get to dice cuts, I, I think one thing that needs to be stressed here, um, and when I teach these knife cuts, is that the dimensions are important, um, but what's even more important, if the dimensions aren't exactly one-eighth by one-eighth by two inches, I can live with that, but what's more important to me is that I see uniformity of all of the cuts. That's what's most important. That's what shows off that you have the skill that you can uh, repeatedly make the same cut over and over and it gives that very nice eye appeal uh, on the final product you know so I tell the students don't worry so much about being exactly one-eighth by one-eighth by two but be more exact that they all look the same that they all are uniform in their final size now second type of knife cut we're gonna talk about today is the dice cuts uh, most vegetables and a lot of fruits can be cut into dice cuts. Uh, same thing, after you wash them and peel them, you once again are going to need to square them up. Now what's cool about the dice cuts is, once you learn your stick cuts, you're basically going to turn your stick cuts into your dice cuts. Uh, for example, I'm going to start with um, the dice, it's called a small dice. Okay, so a small dice dimension is one quarter by one quarter by one quarter. So these are going to be little cubes when they're done. Now if you think back to when I talked about the batonet cut, that's one quarter by one quarter by two inches. So what you're going to do is, in order to do your small dice, you would start by making a batonet cut. Then you would put the batonet cut on the board the long ways. And using your knife, you would move in only a quarter of an inch and you would make a cut and you would end up with your cube. Then you'd move over another quarter inch and make a cut and end up with more cubes. So that's a good thing. That's why we teach stick cuts first and then to move into the dice cuts, it's fairly easy. Okay, so that would be small dice. Now, if I wanted to do what's called a brunoise, a brunoise is originated from the julienne or alumette cut and that's one eighth by one eighth by one eighth. Um, and both of these, actually all three of the cuts I'm going to talk about right now are excellent for garnishes, uh, soups, things like that. And then the last dice cut that I'm going to talk about um, here to start is called a fine brunoise. And obviously fine julienne is where you would start. Then you would move your knife over only one sixteenth of an inch and make a cut to end up with a very small cube. Um, Fine Brunois is a very, very nice garnish. Um, there's a, an example I give here um, is uh, I used to work in a, a restaurant many years ago called China Grill. And uh, we used to have a, a dish of a trio of sorbets. And uh, to make the sorbets look a little bit nicer, we would finish them off with a little sprinkling of some fine Brunois of fresh fruit, mango, kiwi, and strawberry. Um, and our pastry cooks, that's what they would do at the beginning of their shift. They would wash their vegetables. They would fine brunoise up the fruits and put them in small little containers. And then when they would go to serve the trio of, of sorbets, they would put 
this little sprinkling of these three different colored uh, fruits on top of the sorbet just to make it look a little bit nicer. Um, and once again, it shows off a skill, makes people feel like they're getting a value, um, you know, when they're ordering these uh, items. Okay, so those three cut, those three dice cuts that I talked about are all based off of stick cuts. Now, backing up a little bit, um, the largest dice that you might use in a kitchen is of course called a large dice and this is three quarters of an inch by three quarters of an inch by three quarters of an inch an example i give here is think about a dice in a casino that's about the size of what this large dice would be a lot of times when um, we do large dice cuts uh, we'll be using uh, maybe some potatoes that we might roast in the oven or could use in a, um, a stew um, just looks a little bit nicer than a rough chop of a potato thrown in there. Um, or many times uh, you see watermelon cut into cubes and a lot of times it may be around the size of a large dice. Would look really nice for a watermelon and feta with watercress salad or something along those lines. And then about a little bit down from that would be called a medium dice. Um, and this is a half by a half by a half. Um, could be used in soups, a lot of different applications um, that you could use those for. All right, so those are the five uh, different um, dice cuts. Now to finish up, there's a few other cuts to be familiar with. Um, I always start when I talk about other cuts with probably the hardest knife cut, and that is called the tournée cut. Um, they look like little footballs. Uh, they should have seven equal sides when they are done, and they're usually about two inches long. Um, these uh, tournée, if you translate the term over, it means turn. And uh, to make this cut, basically you would square up um, a potato. Um, you hold it in your weak hand between your thumb and your finger, and then in your strong hand, you would have a very small knife, like a paring knife, or there's even a knife that's called a tournée knife, or a bird's beak has a little bend into it. And basically what you do is you make a cut that resembles the shape of an egg, kind of like an arch. And after you make the cut, then you turn the potato slightly, and then you make that same cut again, the arch, or resembling the shape of an outside of an egg, and you're trimming off a little bit each time until you go around six times and you get the seven different cuts. Um, definitely not easy. Um, when I teach the tournée cut, I generally will have students hold an egg in their hand. I'll have them take their knife and have them move the um, knife over the outside of the egg so they get a feel of what the, the cut should feel like. And then I almost always have them start with naturally round potatoes, like a red potato, in order for them to make the cuts a little bit easier. Um, it's a very tough cut. It took me a long time to get proficient at it. Uh, but when it's done, they look very, very nice. They're excellent um, way to present um, maybe like glazed vegetables, glazed carrots, glazed beets. Um, also can look very nice in um, stews, beef stew, something like that. Just adds another dimension uh, to the final product. Uh, the next cut uh, to talk about is a paisan cut. Um, you're going to think about these as a flat square cut. They are a half by a half by eighth in thickness. Basically, you would start with a medium dice size. And then from there, you would slice your medium dice into eighth inch little pieces and you end up with these flat little uh, squares. They look very nice. They're very nice for garnishes, very nice for soups, things like that. 
Uh, next cut is called the rondelle cut. Um, these are basically flat circles. And the example here I give is, imagine taking a carrot, leaving it long ways, and slicing it into thin carrot coins. That's what basically rondelle means. Uh, same thing, you could cut a cucumber if you were leave it into rounds. Um, that's basically what a rondelle is. And then the lozenge is um, a flat diamond shape cut. Uh, once again, you can do them from various vegetables. A lot of times I'll make this cut um, using peppers, like red peppers. You can saute them and they look really nice as a garnish on top of, um, you know, a meat or even a pasta dish. Um, you know, if you have a fettuccine Alfredo or something and you want to kind of finish it off, you know, with some uh, a nice color, a little bit of red to make the plate look a little nicer, you could do uh, the uh, lozenge uh, cut, saute it a little bit and put it over the top. Looks really nice. Uh, the next cut is called an oblique or the roll cut. Um, Many times, uh, most often they're used for long, thin, like carrots or parsnips. Uh, this is an interesting cut. Basically what you do after you peel your vegetable, um, instead of you holding your knife, um, basically straight up and down on the cutting board, uh, what you would do is hold your knife at a 45 degree angle to the carrot. You would make a cut. Uh, and then what you would do is you take the carrot and you roll it 180 degrees and while keeping your knife at a 45 degree angle, you would cut it again. And what you end up with is kind of like a triangle shaped uh, final cut. Um, the reason it's called a roll cut or oblique is because you roll the vegetable each time after you cut it in order to end up with the final uh, triangle shape. They look very nice. You can use them for glazed vegetables. Um, a lot of times if I do roasted vegetables uh, with the carrots, I'll cut them into oblique just to add another different dimension, another shape uh, into the final product. And then the last uh, cut uh, we're going to talk about today is called the chiffonade. So a chiffonade is very finely shredded, uh, generally leafy greens, um, such as maybe basil. Uh, you can chiffonade cabbage. Um, think about um, cabbage for coleslaw. You know, it's really long and it should be nice and thin. Um, when you do chiffonade, basically if we're doing a basil, what you would do is pull the leaves off of the plant. You would stack the leaves together, one on top of another, and you would roll it up kind of like if you were making a cigar. Take your knife and then starting at one end, you would cut uh, into very fine, thin shreds, kind of keeping the cuts as close together as possible. Um, when you do this cut, you have to keep in mind with certain um, leafy greens like basil, it will start to um, oxidize on you, uh, turn like a darkish color. So, you know, generally if you're going to do a chiffonade cut of basil, you would ba you would chiffonade the basil and try to use it fairly quickly. It's not something that you would store for um, a long period of time. You kind of want to use it pretty quickly. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed uh, this episode on knife cuts today. Uh, I do want to let you know that I have started an Instagram page under the same name at Chef's Table Podcast. I'm going to be using that on an upcoming trip to Mexico City to document um, farmers markets, some of the things that I'll be eating there while in Mexico City. Um, so if you get a chance, make sure you log in and start to follow the Chef's Table Podcast on Instagram. I'll, obviously, you know, I also am on uh, Facebook as well. Okay, that's it for today. Stay tuned for the next episode coming soon.